But on his hits. Okay. Um, weird, my gain seems low. No, that's normal. Okay, whatever. Just need to be louder, I guess. Mario! No, not you. You don't have to be louder. You're loud enough. Right, I'll shut up. Welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 107. I'm your host, Am, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. What up? Video games. We love games. <laughs> we love games. <laughs> we love gaming. Headshot uh... City. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yep. Esports. Oh, my God. We're here talking about video games. It's been a time. I guess it's just been a month. But as always, who can say? Who can say? It has been a month. It has yeah. only been a month. Cool. What have you played in this month that is not the game club? Ju- I just fucking realized that we- I haven't had an all mapping since, you know, the reveal. The, the reveal? That is to say, the last of mapping I recorded, and I had finished Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. Uh, right. Since <laughs> Since then... <laughs> I have started playing Kingdom Hearts again. If you don't listen to our other podcast, you wouldn't know this, but I have just played more Kingdom Hearts. I didn't stop. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm playing them on hard now because of action games. Uh, I got through one and Chain of Memories, and Chain of Memories fucking sucks. Why did I do that? I don't know. I finished it now. I've actually played it, and uh, the first game is a better action game than I remember now that I understand the concept of Kingdom Hearts. I beat it on proud mode. Oh, beat the optional you, once bosses. You, once you have Kingdom Hearts is light, it makes the game way better. Shut up. I was talking about how like parries work and the way to set up, uh, like integrate magic into your play. Because when I played one and two, I only played just pressing the X button and one, and it was boring. Me saying Kingdom Hearts is light to you is a parry, actually. <laughs> Um, but I, as I'd forgot until I sat down, and then I realized, oh, I've got, I've, I haven't played any other video game, have I? Shit, useless. Um, but that's where we're at. Have you, have you played a single video game? Have you played anything? I played two video games, but I'm only going to talk about one. Uh, I played a couple hours of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. 
There's an X we in there. Only... No, there's not an X in there. So the X is the other game. Um, we only talk about JRPGs with uh, Yokushima Mori soundtracks here on an all mapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fine. It's nice. I, I think it, I think it looks nice on the Switch. I played a bit of the Wii version previously, um, but my Wii U doesn't like discs or the disc is scratched. I don't know. It kept crashing. Um, anyway. Uh, this version seems much nicer looking. Um, it's fun. It's nice just run around in. Every time I play it, I get sleepy. And I mean that in a nice way and that like, it's just chill. Uh, so you should play that. It's chill. I like it when a game makes me want to go to bed. That, that's what it's all about. Video yeah. games need to make you go to bed more. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? God. Yeah, no. It's straight from um, the path. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? I'm I'm watching Dia play more games than I'm playing. Our friend Dia Lucina started uh, yes. a Let's Play channel that everyone needs to follow, watch all of her videos. She's playing through Megami Tensei and uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, um, which are both incredible series. Watch them. You gotta. If you don't watch them, you're betraying my trust in you to be good at having good taste. I've been watching the Megami Tensei when I've started that. I have, I'm not watching Dragon's Dome because I will play that eventually. No, you won't. Don't lie to me. <laughs> yes, I will when I'm 45 <laughs> playing Dragon's Dogma. Ugh. Ugh. After my 80th Kingdom Hearts run. Yeah. If you play Kingdom Hearts for a third time, I am fine. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I wanted, I, I'm right on the edge of being able to play two Final Mix Critical, which is what I'm here for. You? Um, anyway um, but that's it really I guess video games are bad lately oh we were on no cartridge please listen yes! to the episode that will be linked in the description uh, we were interviewed kind of talked about games and anime and podcasting all wrapped up into one um, if you listen to like VoIP Life it's kind of similar stuff that we talk about there pretty regularly but you know it doesn't really come up on Abnormal Mapping that much like our broader media theory stuff so please check that out if you have not yeah had a great time. Thank you yeah. for having us on. Uh, we do we do podcasts instead of playing video games. That's why these intros are so short. It's true. Back in uh, like 2015, we didn't have any other podcasts. We used to play video games occasionally. Yep. Uh, instead, I play one game every month to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs>
Our game club this month is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, which is a game developed by Square, published by Nintendo. Came out on the Super Nintendo uh, March 96 in Japan, May 96 in North America. Was never released in Europe. Jackson, uh, you got a hold of this game illicitly. I actually think it's a I mean, it, service. It's it's it came on the uh, Wii U, I think, in 2016. Yeah, it's just it's um, just funny that they didn't even bother with Europe. They're like, uh, too many languages. No thanks. 64 is coming out very soon. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was they, the the Wikipedia page. Like they were like, oh god, we're gonna deal with a 50 hertz thing. Fuck off. This game has timing involved. Yes. Uh. Anyway, um. Super Mario RPG is a game. I, you kind of, who picked this? Did I pick this? Did you pick this? Do you remember? We I don't both know. picked this. Person. You picked. I think you picked this. I think you picked this. We are the same. We're one person. I've been talking to myself this whole time. Uh, the uh, thing with playing this game, revisiting it, is uh, this was quite literally my first RPG um, back in the day. I got this game. Didn't I was like, if this was early ninety six, mid ninety six, I was uh, 11, 10? 10. I'd not yet turned eleven. Didn't know what XP was because RPGs used to be a boutique genre for like real turbo nerds and not just normal people. So didn't know what XP was because I'd never played a game with it. Um, didn't know why I was randomly getting these screens where I got to pick a stat boost. Didn't really know what they did. Managed to beat the game because this is an RPG for babies who don't know what RPGs are. <laughs> and I mean yep. that in the nicest way. Yeah, but, uh, it was, people in America don't play RPGs. Children don't really play RPGs to the extent we want them to. Like, it's, compared to playing Mario, at least, right? Yeah. Um, let's, let's get them in. Let's get them hooked. Uh, so, with all that in mind, Jackson, you want to tell people what this game is about? Uh, this game is about Mario. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, the plumber who lives in the Mushroom Kingdom and occasionally beats up Bowser whenever he kid. Now it's Princess Peach, or I guess in this story, Princess Toadstool, because this was before Mario. This was a few weeks before Mario 64, so they hadn't quite done that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Um, in the middle, of the, at the end of a Mario adventure, when he's about to save Princess Peach, uh, Bowser's castle is attacked by a giant sword, and this is a sword uh, of a mysterious, uh, like robotic leader named Smithy, who has unleashed weapons on the world, and we find out has destroyed the Star Road. Uh, the Star Road has split into various star pieces, and without them, the Star Road above the world will not be fixed, and without the Star Road, wishes cannot be granted. And Mario embarks upon a journey to kill Smithy and restore wishes to the world, and uh, he does that. Uh, he gets the Bowser's Castle and does that. <laughs> Along the way, meeting various characters, uh, including Mallow, who is a... Uh, Cloud, who thinks he's a tadpole, and then eventually you learn is the prince of the Cloud Kingdom that you uh, run into uh, two-thirds of the way through the game. Uh, Gino uh, of not Super Smash Brothers, uh, who is a spirit of the Star Road possessing a child's toy. I mean, you mean part- you mean the me costume in Smash Brothers? Is <laughs> he a me costume? Yes. <laughs> to Sakurai running past with middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> your other party members are of course princess toadstool uh who is just prince peach princess toadstool choose that but also bowser uh who in being kicked out of his castle having the like fun status quo of occasionally kidnapping and being beat up by mario um 
interrupted has uh, lost most of his army uh, because an actual army has showed up with weapons <laughs> and all the uh, goobers and coopers are scared and uh, he allows he 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 graciously allows mario to join the cooper coop uh cooper troop for the uh purpose of fixing the world uh, it's, it's just a tactical alliance and you know he's putting on this front he's good it's where all the good bowser stuff comes from i didn't realize it like started here because there's nothing before it <laughs> um and yeah that's kind of the plot of the game there's like a few uh you know uh vignettes throughout and it's mostly about like small scenarios of dungeons and some comedy but as the plot goes that's it they go they go to bowser's castle they enter the dimension that is hidden by the sword and blow up uh smithy's factory and smithy himself who is like a weird uh inhuman robots in an and his final boss screen is like a really bad version of the bad's the wrong one it's not as good as the earthbound one it reminded me of earthbound but the problem is when you remind oh, me of weird. earthbound no, you're telling me square can't do anything as good as earthbound i'm saying that when your final boss is like oh this is kind of like earthbound you, you, you don't go there you can't win um and then uh smithy dies and fucking hard cut to credits we're done go home the game's over no yeah. wrap up. Ah, uh, there's a little bit of wrap up. It's like a couple of, uh, of like uh, panning moments during the credits. Yeah, everyone cheers as Gino goes back to heaven. He's gone. We got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Never to be seen again. Get the hell out of here, kid. Fuck that guy. Um, Bowser's rebuilding his castle. And you're like, yes, fucking Bowser. He rules. Yeah. Uh, the two things from your summary that I think are funny is uh, the weirdly the game kind of plays it close to the chest that the sword is not smithy. As a kid, I was like, "Oh, fight smithy, smithy giant sword." You get to the sword and it's called like Exol. You're like, "What the fuck? I thought this was smithy," and it's not. <laughs> One more step. Oh right, because you don't know what an RPG is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the idea of the idea of like, oh, the true final dungeon that's actually a weird other dimension, like completely bounced over my brain didn't even phase me yeah no exactly uh also you saying mario c- commits himself to go kill <laughs> mario just like uh strapping on ready to go uh shoot he, he directly in the head that's what happens um yeah uh the game itself of course like most of the mario rpgs that have now split off into two distinct franchises well one and a half distinct franchises. Paper Mario has taken a lot of weird choices lately. Um, is a oh, timing-based I mean, Mario and Mario and Luigi's dead, so that's true. Uh, a timing-based <laughs> RPG in which you select uh, attacks and special attacks, and it is based on you pressing the button at the right time to do extra damage or to negate extra damage done to you or all damage. This game's pretty generous with just not taking damage if you manage to time it right for a lot of moves. Um, yep. And uh, much like Mario and Luigi has like a single MP pool that everyone pulls from. Um, that's a Mario and Luigi thing uh, that they took forward. Um, it's interesting the way that these two kind of split off into different ideas of like how a sequel to this game is supposed to look like. Um, Paper Mario, of course, literally being Mario RPG 2 when it was in development. And then they decided to name it something else because it's pretty different uh, as a thing. Um Paper Mario increasingly just coming out and disappointing people <laughs> to this day. <laughs> we have played King. that at all. No, 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 I know, but like, post, I, I liked, uh, 
what's it called super paper super? mario but if you yeah. were looking for an rpg that wasn't it it was that's like a kind of a shoddy platformer with some funny writing around it <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what an RPG was. I mean, I, I did. Like, I, I didn't haven't played JRPGs. I guess I mean, uh, so I I never played it. But I looked at the footage of Super Paper Mario. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Look at the like perspective shift. But then I assume when you play, it's like, why would you want to play a Mario level with three tracks from behind the back? Yeah, um, it was weird. Uh, There's good stuff in that game, um, but Sticker Star was bad, and I didn't play Color Splash. And I'm watching a, a YouTuber play Origami King in my spare time, so. Seems alright. The writing seems alright. Seems better than usual. They um, have resorted to ha- giving interviews, saying, "Please let us do things with Mario, please." <laughs> yes, not allowed to alter a, one bit a single Mario character ever again. Yep, they went too far with with all the paper with the first two Paper Mario games. Miyamoto kicked down the door and was like, "Rosalina's deleted. All of these cool Goombas are gone. Nothing. Refuse." I'm Captain going Toad back to was my the last one. Yes. <laughs> Can't make anyone yep. new after Captain Toad. Everyone get fucked. And then he threw the character Bible at them and walked home. <laughs> yep. God, that's basically exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, which makes this game really funny because this game uh, just takes liberties with the idea of what Mario is in a way that like is still really foundational to me. I like Bowser a lot because of this game. Uh, played it like mm-hmm. played it really young. Played it before Mario uh, Mario sixty four because I got this game before sixty four came out. Um, princess toadstool she's called toadstool in this game it is a, it is a snapshot of an era it's really weird but then it's also really weird when there's like jokes about her feeling peachy i'm like well obviously ted knows yes because uh, he can speak japanese yes uh, and he's translating he has, the game also worth pointing out uh an incredible translation by ted wesley who if you don't know did like the classic final fantasy stuff yes yeah. he translated her uh, four and six yes um and also this game and uh i want to like just briefly travel to the au where he was still around with square to do seven. Oh, um, imagine if seven had like a good localization <laughs> j- j- yeah i mean uh, the character names would probably be different the world would be as we know it would not be the same yeah one character name uh, would be different i don't think it'd be that different uh um, do you think it'd be called bullet oh right <laughs> forgot about that part yeah you did (laughs) anyway uh mario rpg yeah yeah what do i want to begin i kind of enjoy i mean enjoyed it mostly i didn't think it was like incredible um but uh i must have had a really good time i think this game is really good uh and this is the i feel like this is like a generational difference in that like yes you grew up in an era where every game has rpg elements and i grew up with it like not knowing what experience points were until i was 10 almost 11 (laughs) yeah and i mean like i didn't play rpgs until yeah but like I... you know what a, you knew what an experience point was <laughs> everyone and their dad except me apparently had a game boy and pokemon yeah but also like you know you level up in literally every video game that exists now <laughs> i'm not that young like call of duty 4 happened when i was like 14 Oh, I know. But I'm th- like, I, like, just sitting back and thinking about video games, like, fucking Tetris Effect has levels. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what have we done to video games? There, there's, there's a leveling up system in the Mizuguchi Tetris game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nightmare. We have, <laughs> we've gone wrong somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
so it's interesting looking back at this game before we get into specifics of like cool stuff we liked that um the idea of like what how do you introduce an rpg to people through like the biggest mascot character on the planet is to create a game in which mario like like this game has like very low it's like one of those low damage value kind of games like you never have more than like 50 hit points or whatever it's not a lot right um and you're doing like you can do up to triple digit damage towards the end of the game, but it's mostly like double digits. It's like very small in that way, but there's like items and special attacks and magic power and all those things. But they're presented in such a stripped down way where like, it's also about the Mario things of when you, you got to press the jump at the right button. Just what that means is different because of the actions taken. Um, and it creates a strange marriage of the two genres that like obviously works because they kept making it and people love that stuff and wish it was still around. But it does feel weird in the world where like RPG elements are in literally everything. It's inescapable. <laughs> so playing this game, it's like, man, I wish this was just more of a Mario game. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels a bit uh, middle ground because of the like, you know, the nature of what it, when it came out and what it is. Yes. Um, I was frustrated by some of the battle system stuff. I didn't like the timing um, because to, because to, to my mind of the RPG nerd, it's like, why the hell do I have to time? It's, it's every attack. It's every fucking attack. And it's the, it's the same timing every time. I just sometimes get it a bit wrong. And yes, because the window like, is actually rather... relatively small. Right. Uh, and we're all playing on LCD, so it's even more annoying. Yes. Um, which is fine, but... Uh, I definitely am like, I just want to focus on the battle. I, it would be more, like, casual appropriate to just let me pick my moves and not worry about the shit. Um, but I, you know, I, not when you are a child who doesn't understand what a turn is. Yeah. Because uh, I know that's one of the, like, biggest complaints about RPGs to the people who are new to them is the, the idea that you can, like, go through a battle and you can, like, perform perfectly and you're still going to take damage. Uh is just not a concept that exists in action games, right? Where taking damage is like inherently a mark of at least some small form of failure. You can technically play through Castlevania without ever getting hit if you're, you know, that much of a nerd, I guess. Um, which is just not how RPGs work. And so I, I, I get that's why they have to put a mechanic in that's like, okay, you can basically always negate damage if you do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in playing this, I watched, like, a, there's a Games Done Quick playthrough of this game yes. where uh, they are just good at getting the, the frame-perfect ultimate. Because, like, there's, like, a perfect window if you hit the button and, like, it's, like, a two-frame thing um, where you will just block the attack outright or do, like, more damage than usual. And then there's, like, a slop window where you'll just take lesser damage or do more damage, but not, like, as much as you could maximized, which is interesting. Um, and they just nail it every time. <laughs> also, yeah. bosses become trivial because once Mario gets a super jump, he literally has a move that can do infinite damage if you're good enough at hitting the button. I didn't even realize that was true of the super jump. I didn't really look into it. I, was, I never used it. And then I got to a bit later and they're like, how many combo jumps can you do? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you just <laughs> and go really forever. And then realized you could just fucking jump on people. Because I used it a couple of times. I was like, got like 70 damage. And I'm like, that's nothing. I can do more of my attack. So I just didn't use it. Yes. Um... Because while there are some complexities here, they kind of go out of their way to not service them because it would scare people off. Mm -hmm. 
Um, which is smart, but it definitely means I uh, settled into a groove where I would have Bowser and Mario doing damage and then Peach healing, and it would it just worked. It worked. There was no there was never any like need to really push. Occasionally I would use Gina's uh, boosts. Um, but it's not like a game built around uh, like switching party members based around elemental weaknesses in the way that I associate with Square games. Well, I kind of went on too long because I briefly paused and you didn't say anything. <laughs> um, I was just talking about how like this game doesn't really have like uh, dungeon crawling mechanics in the way you associate with RPGs because it doesn't have the like capacity to be about elemental weaknesses and res- resource management in the same way. Uh, the thing, conception. The, yeah, the thing that's interesting is like looking at like the pro strats when I was watching the video yes. is the way to min max the game is actually just to have Bowser and Mario be your physical attacker. Cause you have a single MP pool. So you want your healer to just yes. be able to jam on that heal button. There are elemental weaknesses. Like the, you can buy like ice bombs cause no one gets like ice weapon or anything. I guess a Mallow gets one ice move. Um, and there are like a bunch of enemies specifically weak to lightning, but it doesn't really surface that stuff much. Um, yeah, I knew weird. it was there, but it it's not like, you know, in Final Fantasy, you have your different elemental magic attacks and yeah. some other properties of attacks. And you're like, okay, when I come across this enemy, I use this attack and the like challenge is balancing against how many MP and MP recovery items you have to get through the dungeon. That is like the concept of dungeon crawling. Um, yes. And because this game is, first of all, not really interested in, like, the details of enemy stuff, and then mostly about, like, the moment-to-moment timings of the battles, uh, it means that you don't... Battles don't really matter outside of the individual battles, because you're always going to be able to heal, and you're always going to be fine. You get so much stuff... Uh, that it's never a problem. And then for the, at the end, when you get to the hard dungeons, they give you infinite money <laughs> and a shop. That's true. You can buy ethers uh, in this game. That's they know what they're doing, right? Uh, so it it ends up becoming like, and this is just a comparison that I'm making because I'm me. I wouldn't think anyone would ever make this, but it ends up having the Final Fantasy Thirteen problem, where you're just kind of going through dungeons, and every fight, once you figured out the like best attack to use on which enemy in which order, is the same, and so the fights become kind of a bit tiring. This is this is the problem with like Paper Mario too is uh interesting and paper mario goes exacerbated that when they took out experience points you're not even grinding to level up at that point right it's like what are you doing just avoid the fights (laughs) just avoid the fight there's no there's no point to them especially when it's like because the fight designs in this lean into that idea of puzzle fights because it's a you know it's a nintendo game and you find the right things to do and you do it on the person and uh you like you know you usually it's more about the like order of attacks and whether you're doing group attacks versus uh, individual attacks and yeah. who you're going to try to get the like bonus damage with. Um, but also, I like that it's like m- a lot of the bosses are like the puzzle bosses in the way that Final Fantasy always does for the first yes. boss and then forgets about it for the next fifteen <laughs> bosses. <laughs> yeah, they're all that because they're all kind of Nintendo bosses. Yes, um, and I think that stuff is cool. I, I like I like the way that's implemented, but it does make like going through a dungeon it, it, like. Towards, there's a bit towards the middle of the game where you're like just going through like battle areas over and over again. Like the pirate ship is, I think, the worst part of this. Where it's just like, I'm sick of fighting these guys. I know what to do. Stop it, please. The pirate ship's so exhausting. Yes. Because you go from the pirate ship and then you go straight to like climbing the mountain and everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the whole bit from like the pirate ship through to the volcano. Yeah. Uh, too much fights. Way too many fights there. 
Yeah. And none of them are like only the bosses are like interesting in terms of personality. Yeah. Um but I I get why they're there, right? Cuz you can't make an empty game. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like the game like even by SNES standards the game is a relatively short RPG, right? This is a problem that Square are like still trying and failing to solve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of like okay, we've designed away the idea of resource management mattering for dungeon crawling and so the bosses are puzzled like puzzle bosses are not tests of have you not used enough mp but we need mob fights what the fuck do we do and they've been asking this question for 20 years and they still haven't found an answer this also this also has the problem that started plaguing them uh when they moved to 3d it's just funny that it happens here yes. is that like rendering like making pre-rendered background areas on the super nintendo is expensive i'm sure like you know this is 96 generating these assets is not cheap and it's probably it takes a lot to store them on the cartridge uh you can't just make more areas to solve this problem <laughs> no no the the like environments are really small and when you navigate them um they're fun they are yeah you're very similar to the ff7 stuff they end up doing where it's like yeah. you can only have a couple of jpegs on this disc can't you <laughs> you cannot yeah. do a tile-based dungeon here yeah um and uh which broadly like it's interesting going back to this game because I remember at the time thinking this game looked incredible. I still actually think it looks pretty good. Um, but mm. it's really funny the way that like Yoshi's Island 2 looks th- or Yoshi's Island looks the way it does because Miyamoto was so pissed at Donkey Kong being heralded as like the new era of graphics. Uh, don't like it, hates it. Let's make the crayon Yoshi game. And it looks great, obviously. Uh, but then when it's t- time to make Mario RPG, Square's like, no, actually we want to do that too. And they just roll over and let them. <laughs> it's very funny to me. Um, there's some amazing bits on the Wikipedia page of like Nintendo getting the game, being like, "Oh, what well, a square appears to have made an RPG." <laughs> uh, it's an RPG, and it's got three 3D graphics. We didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> we, I was like, "You asked Square to make a video game. I don't know what you expected. It's 1996." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, they were making other things, but yeah, it is kind of funny. Like Nintendo of America literally didn't know it was an RPG until it landed on their doorstep to localize. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Square made a square game. Damn. You have you have three months because the sixty-four comes out in six months. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nothing you can do. Yeah. Just put it out. Localization's Sigmaris. great though. It's an incredible localization. Um there is a bit uh that we will uh cu- like a couple things from Legends of Localization that are articles that were sent to me about this game. There's one of there's a move that Malo has that lets you read enemies' minds, and the Japanese version, like half of the things are anime references. Um, many of them to Gundam. So please check out that article if you like Gundam, because uh one of the enemies declaring Mario I have returned is the greatest thing I didn't know I needed. <laughs> It's so fucking good. Um, um, but also there's 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 the there's a secret boss in the game that's like a Final Fantasy kind of like four boss because the four music plays and you fight it. Um, <gasps> and in the Japanese version, it, it, the whole big boss speech is about how like I came from the world of two dimensions and I'm here to challenge you three dimensional characters to see who is supreme in, in like power. Uh, and then when he loses, he's like, I must give it up for the third dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny, the idea of like people thinking of Super Mario RPG as a 3D game. Yes. Um, because, you know, me being a child baby, Yeah. Uh, this any game on the SNES is a 2D game. I mean, I guess I, I'll, I'll, I'll call it Star, Star Fox. Yeah. Uh, and once you get into Mode 7 stuff, it's different. Um, but uh, 
this is a 2D game. It's an isometric game. I'm not yeah. here saying that, like, uh, Baldur's Gate is 3D. Um, yeah. And... So it's yeah. just very funny that because where of where graphics were, of course, of course they would say that at the time. It's not yeah. sprites. There's, I mean, they are sprites, but they're based off 3D models, and right, yeah. they have the whole like you know, every level is like a 3D red, like CG JPEG produced and put in the cart. So it's very funny. Uh, yeah, it's it's a interesting like time capsule. Um, I completely without knowing stumbled into that fight. <laughs> That's good. It was it. incredible. I just bumped, uh, like, you know, the react. You, you have to trade for a stone earlier, which I did because I was like, well, I've got a bunch of money. This is clearly important for something. And you end up in Monster Village and you like get to a, a door and you open the door and just like, what the hell's here? And uh, then suddenly the Final Fantasy IV music starts playing and I mark out really hard. <laughs> so imagine playing this as a child, not knowing anything about Final Fantasy. Um, wouldn't for years and just stumbling into this weird, impossible crystal boss. <laughs> And then music that's better than anything else in the game starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like the Super Mario RPG soundtrack. You shut your face. The Super there will Mario be many RPG great sound- tracks. The the uh, Super Mario RPG soundtrack is fantastic. I think uh, it is a is a great score, but it cannot compete with the Final Fantasy yeah. IV boss theme. Yes. Um. The one. The one downside of the Mario 64 soundtrack is, uh, if you go, if you're playing, you know, if you break timeline order, uh, the way in which it does the Mario theme over and over again is just the same problem that Kingdom Hearts has. Um, yeah, so. Just the soft I... Muzaki. Do, 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 do. Well, I started the game, the, the like music for the one, one equivalent is just that, you know, when you're at Mario's house, it plays the Mario theme and it broke my brain a bit because it was just a Yoko Shimura soft music remix of a song that already existed. It's just the under the sea thing. I was like, oh no, I've, I've just, this is all all I've been listening to for the last year. It's happening again. But I, I think that the, the Mario theme is the like most egregious one of those. It's actually mostly original music. Yeah, and I like a lot of that original music. Just a lot of bangers in this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose we should talk about actual like writing and character stuff, which is what you know this game is noteworthy for. Why we played it? Well, I was like, yeah, we definitely should do this one. Um, it is good. So first of all, we know we already said this, but it cannot be stressed how important the fact that the game has like a real deal localization is. Yes. Uh, yes. That's really, if we're going to be honest, the actual biggest barrier to JRPGs in the West at this point in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and, the difference uh, between the original release of Final Fantasy II SNES and Final Fantasy III SNES is like the difference between a genre that's going to work and a genre that isn't. Yes. And they're all the same guy. Like, Ted's done yes. all of these. Yes. Um, so, uh, like, you know, good to him, but like, you can see both. Uh, Skillet doing this and also resources given to him it, like very clearly uh, going up uh, yeah. through time because yeah this is a better localization than six gets which is a way better than uh, one the four got yeah um, yeah and so this game has a ton of character uh, as I said about this is the game that made me love Bowser uh, who is just this in this game it, the off suffering you know downtrodden antihero of Mario uh, who just really wants people to respect him and no one does because he's a loser <laughs> he literally so gets good. owned in like the first 30 seconds of the game and literally opens the mario just storming his castle as if this is a thing he does like every other day 
<laughs> yeah, it's the like stuff that Marion Galaxy leans into. Um, but a little more self-aware about it. Yeah. Uh, and then when the big sword ruins his castle and like eats him across the world, he just spends like the first half of the game with an increasingly diminished like minion army. Like he's like, oh, the <laughs> yeah. Koopa Troop is here. And at first it's like, it's like 20 soldiers of three enemy types all in rows. And then the next time it's like 16 and there's only two enemy types. And the last time it's just Bowser standing there looking for lonely up at another villain's tower going like, damn, this used to be me. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have something seen. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible. I I really like the Bowser stuff because I, it's like, it's good and it's like where a lot of the Bowser stuff comes from. But it's also distinctly different from like, you know, two thousands Nintendo Bowser. Yes, this um, isn't this isn't like Bowser shielding his child from inappropriate content. Bowser, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is a, another character that I also like. Yes. But it's expressed itself in a very different way here because apart from like a few th- I, I guess there were like tv shows and spin-offs in the movie and stuff but within the games themselves this stuff had not been defined no Bow- uh, towards the end of the game there's the bit where you fight a boss and bowser literally drops a haiku in the, like right before yes! the end of the final battle <laughs> it's amazing it's so good guys have to see it out now yeah, Bowser just being like this strange, misunderstood like art weirdo who just wants to capture the princess and live his fucking life. <laughs> Very funny. That's all he wants. He's he's long suffering. No one understands him. The game uh, begins with a, with an Pe- incredible Pe- peach is his Rushmore. <laughs> peach is his Rushmore. That's a reference to a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, the game begins with this joke where uh, you you beat Bowser. And the sword interrupts you and you get thrown across a uh, thing and you go back home. And the the joke is that the whole overwap over over overworld and overwappy dog. Overwappy dog. The whole overworld of Mario is like a circle. So when you go uh the other way he just Bowser's castle's next door to Mario's house. He yeah, just Mario's goes house overlooks the <laughs> valley where Bowser's castle is, and then the, like the bridge breaks, so he has to go the long way around the whole the whole course again. Basically, as you go through the game, it's just like going through various overworlds to make it to uh um to Bowser's castle again. But the idea that like oh if you go if you if you go right rather than left, then Bowser's right there. They're your next door neighbors. Yeah, it's great. Which which leads into like an amazing joke right at the end when you when you beat it and uh, Smithy's sword disappears and like the sun rises on the Mushroom Kingdom because this is the status quo of Mario unlike every other Final Fantasy game where the Dark Tower would also collapse it's just Bowser's scary tower there and, so- <laughs> and one of, one of the celebratory montage things is Bowser's restoring his tower his castle <laughs> but it just looks like a scary like Bowser tower but with a little bit more detail than they had in the like other SNES games. Um, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, the way in which like this captures a, a weird era of like Bowser is also really funny because the game opens with this incredibly like you know low quality animation of Bowser kidnapping Peach, but it's Bowser in the clown car, which is not how Bowser is depicted ever anymore outside of like Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. Because world it adap- like world it happened, but sixty four it not. So Bowser is a guy who runs rides around a clown car. <laughs> It, it's weird. I, every time I see the clown car, I'm like, "Oh right, Bowser!" Yeah. 
Uh, I, that's still in that's that, that's in like the new games more than it is the 3D games. That's true. I think of it as a Mario Maker thing because it's very prevalent in Mario Maker Two specifically. It's because that's the sequel to the new game, so they were like, "Fuck it, you do it." Yeah, <laughs> you hate this so much. Why don't we just make you do it? And everyone's like, "Yeah, that's way better." Actually, <laughs> sounds way better actually. Yeah. Um, but also like the humanizing of the Bowser, like also extended his minions, where like you run into the town, where like. This is where all the monsters who like fell out of be- the Koopa Troop just live. They just build a town. They're doing it on their own. Uh, and Bowser comes in and like, oh, sorry, we left. And, and Bowser's like, no, it's fine. Like you're living your life. It's good. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> so <laughs> this good. Is a quiet moment of understanding. Uh, Bowser's so good. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mario is like textually a sociopath in this game. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously all of the Mario RPGs, and building from this, I suppose, uh, lean into Silent Mario in a way that play is played for laughs. Yeah, so um, um, in Mario and Luigi games, him and Luigi speak specifically in, like, pidgin Italian that everyone can understand, which is different than how this works. Okay. Because okay. they all go, this- and everyone knows what they're doing, what they're saying. <laughs> okay. Because um, Paper Mario, if I'm, I, I might... For some paper, reason, I'm paper, worried this paper, is completely... Mario, paper Mario is charades Mario, yes. But Luigi talks in that, right? Luigi, like, talks yes, for Luigi Mario. Yes, Luigi talks, yes. Right. Okay. I have a vivid memory of that. Like, did I make that up? Like, no, okay. Because yeah. um, the absence of Luigi in this game is very strange. I mean, uh, you, there, there is one... There's, like, two mentions of him. Uh, there's, like, an enemy that's like, oh, I'm glad it's not... I I'm, wish it was the green guy. And then there's a wish from Luigi in Star Road when you go to it. Wish I was in this game. <laughs> yeah, basically, like I wish I was big and strong like my brother. Oh. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, what was I was saying? Talk about we were talking about uh, mute Mario. I mean, but, yes, right. Because in this game, like they lean into both, uh, like the the fact that Mario doesn't talk, but also the idea that like Mario's inevitable superhero and like almost elemental presence of victory. Yes, <laughs> um, which is the very like you know square thing of how they you know this is Sora I guess like just how they perceive a protagonist but Nintendo doesn't lean into that when they do the Mario thing he's just they just kind of treat it as text that he's just the guy that that wins and he just happens to win whereas this game is way more like no he's a hero and everyone falls to him and everyone's like impressed by him and kind of terrified of him because he will jump on you and he like there's nothing when Mario comes there's nothing you can do like he is winning that's the like end of the end of the argument (laughs) and so uh, but also, like, Mario is, like, a mythic figure that, like, everyone yes. knows about but doesn't believe it when he's right in front of them. And, Until like, his, he jumps. Yeah, his jump is, like, the thing. His jump is, like, an elemental, like, destruction beam that exists yes. in the world. If it's, someone just had a gun that erased people from existence, that's what Mario's jump is. I was just about to say, he literally has, he treats his jump like the Keyblade. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so everyone's like, oh, are you really Mario? And you you have because uh, but also like it's the portal thing where Mario has one interaction and that's jumping. <laughs> so you have to <laughs> jump to prove who you are to people. Uh it's very good. The the first thing that happens in this game when you can actually control it after the prologue, I guess, which yeah, you control that. But you control it, you land in the house and you land like through the pipe on your bed. Yes, and the, the pipe game- chimney. The the game doesn't communicate that to get out of bed you can't you don't use the the directional buttons like it's a normal RPG and you don't press A like it's like confirming you have to press B to jump to jump directly out of bed ah oh, so satisfying when you work that out yes um but because of that Mario is also like a silent protagonist that exists entirely through like 
we talked about this when we talked about Final Fantasy VI specifically, like Square's incredible, like suggestive sprite work of yes. animations. <laughs> um, to where there are multiple moments when, like, oh, we have to catch someone up on what's happening, and like Malo narrates over Mario, like doing like charades but transforming literally into the characters he's talking about yeah and like to because they can't do uh like palette swapping or like it's, it's either all or nothing or they have to make the image and the animations um it, they like lean into it and play it like mario is actually transforming into things when he talks to people yes um, which is just good. Like, it's really expressive. The character, uh, sprites for like looking down sad and like looking up doing the yay pose are just so incredible. Uh, I assume that this is just true of everyone, but Bowser's crying animation is an all timer. <laughs> so, uh, there's a bit where you're trying to break into the, into, uh, it's when you're trying to break into the Mary Moore chapel, right? Where Bowser goes on three, one, two, three. And if you don't go with him to like break the door down, he just hits it with his shell and stops and does the crying animation. It's so good. It's so the point so where I'm like, wait, do I have to do it now? Or is that not, I thought it was still a cutscene. It was so good. <laughs> yes. Um, the physical comedy in this game is really good. There's a bit like early on, uh, where you go to leave the first map where your house is and a toad, like literally bowls over you, like barging in to tell <laughs> you about the tutorial. You're like, okay, got it. Good, good. And then you go, he's like, okay, time to go now. And he walks off and you go to leave and then he runs into you again. He's like, ah, I forgot one more thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the little touches of personality and how it like displays all the information is really good. Yes. Especially in like the sense that like. You know, this is using Mario characters in like weird, interesting ways where the Toads all have like new, like d distinct personalities in a way that they don't outside of this in Paper Mario's. Like there are named Toads that are different. Uh, they have lives, they run inns. You know, there's the Toad who's watching, uh, the Mushroom Kingdom town or whatever when, uh, when the, why is the, I can't remember the guy, the crocodile runs by. He's like, ah, I forgot my bazooka at home. I wasn't going to stop him. Just like a lot of goofy shit around those characters. Mm -hmm. and they, they really like expand the world of mario in a way that um not even the paper mario games like pick up with right uh because i feel like paper mario um when we play it leaned into like the goofiness of mario characters but it wasn't like and here's the mole kingdom here's the cloud kingdom it, like the willingness to just make stuff off wholesale um yeah, the closest the closest Mario RPG gets is Yoshi's Island, where all the Yoshis are oppressed by a hustling blue Yoshi and sunglasses yes. and a spiked collar named Boshi. Uh, not allowed anymore under Miyamoto's uh, increasingly oppressive regime at Nintendo. He would take Boshi from us. Uh, yeah, Boshi's so goofy. <laughs> what a good, what a dumb character design. Um, but yeah, so you go to like the you know you go to the 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 sea and then you find the pirates and the pirates are like jonathan jones and he's your best yeah. mate now and it's like nothing to do with mario just like a guy they made up because you know mario at this point at least for square Enix, was not like rich enough for everything had to be pulled from there they can put whatever they want in this game mm -hmm. it's weird because like when you look at when people talk about the paper mario two paper mario games they talk about like you know, the character I really liked was this Koopa Trooper with an eye patch or whatever, right? Like, it's very specific to, like, we're redoing Mario. We're giving 
broad Mario character types, general, like very specific character designs. Um, and everyone talks like, oh, they need to go back to that. And it's the current Paper Mario games aren't doing it with their like, here's an origami fairy character that, you know, people might like or not like, but they don't matter. Um, and it's funny that Mario RPG gets away with so much that is based on like nothing and never came back. No one gives a shit about the sharks. No one cares about the Sky Kingdom. No one cares about Frog Fucius in his pond. I care about Frog Fucius. Uh, these are characters that literally just show up in this game and never again. But like, there's a lot of affection there in a way that like the current Mario games doing these one-offs that are not tied to pre-existing Nintendo stuff seems like everyone treats as a negative. Um, times have changed, I guess. Also, like, you know, I mean, expectations also, are different. <laughs> expectations and also this game does have like weird variations on Mario stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, both coexist. <laughs> so, like, if this game was just Mario and then some Toads and then some like random cloud people, like, it would go down differently. But the yeah. fact that it's like a very specific characterization of Bowser and like also new stuff, I think, is why people are more accepting. Um, yeah. Like, Frog Fuchsius lives right next to the toad who's trying to compose a masterpiece, uh, who has, like, toad a powdered Steve. wig under his toad hat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, and, many questions. Yeah. And then you'd, so you're right, right, God, I didn't even, mm. <laughs> What's under there? Yep. Uh, and so I, I, I really liked uh, Mallow uh, in this game as the, like, original character. I know Gino's the big one, but, um... Like don't talk about don't that. understand why didn't understand why as a kid like once gino once people start talking about gino i'm like why malo's right there because so, like i got go to i got to the like cloud kingdom right mm-hmm. and there was a whole arc about malo and he was like a lost prince and it was a it was a very it was like a kid version of like a final fantasy plot about it you know it's, it's kind of similar to the gal stuff honestly um but I mean, uh, it's also like a Dragon Ball riff. Like you know, he was found right, yeah. by a grandfather and raised, and he has mystical powers, and he's just a nice boy. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, but, but the the power resolves in like a weird fantasy kingdom. Yes, uh, and like a oh, someone's take like doing some like uh, you know, there's a usurper who's working with a monster to classic Final Fantasy stuff. Um, <laughs> the super uh, like a, a grotesque sexy lady. <laughs> yes. And the dodo. Yeah, um, and the dodo. Who looks like uh, Raphael Raven for no good reason. For <laughs> no good reason. Uh, I was just expecting that when we got to the Star Road, yes. Gino must have, must have some equivalent. No, he's got nothing. He has no character. Why do people care? He's literally like he's literally like a Sentai crossover character from a show that doesn't exist. Like yes. I'm here to save the day. And you're like, oh cool, the space warrior Gino. No backstory. I must go. My planet needs me. <laughs> yep. I, I yeah, I don't know. He's not cool. He is introduced in maybe the one of the best scenes in any Mario Nintendo game ever, which is you walk into this inn and this kid is playing with dolls. He's like, Oh, are you Mario? And you can say no and skip this scene. If you're a monster, but you're like, yes, I'm Mario. He's like, Oh, great. I love to play games with Mario here. Uh, I, I play with my, help me play with my dolls. And so he gives you a Bowser doll that he has, and he has a Mario doll. And so you play this game where you just, uh, go and fight. And the kid wants Mario to lose this pretend action figure battle. So he has Mario's Bowser knock him out and Mario just like 
uses the Bowser doll to like knock this kid across the room and like daze him. And he's like, oh, Mario fainted because he's no good. Uh, I'm going to bring out the new hero, Gino, with, you know, rocket punch action and uses that to like punch Mario out because <laughs> the, the doll's punch action misses. But when he starts talking shit about how like Mario is not as good as Gino, Mario literally goes to fucking punch this child toad and Mario <laughs> has to hold him back. Uh, you the, pay respect to the hero, the hero of the land. The hero of the Mushroom Kingdom, Jared Mesa himself, Mario. <laughs> yeah. It's just wild. Like, the scene, it, it, the, the, the way in which that one scene, like, characterizes Mario is so out of every other framework that Mario's understood by in any game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's really silly. And it, the game, the rest of the game isn't about that at all. Like, it just happens this one time he tries to punch a kid. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, the game has, like, a willingness to, like, poke fun of Mario's, like, pompous... Like, inherent pompousness that comes from being the most important heroic video game character. Yes. Uh, the Nintendo will just never... Not, not up for debate. Like, it's never happening. Yes. Um, like, they'll, like, make jokes about Luigi and stuff, but the idea of, like this Mario guy is a bit too self-important, just never comes up. Um, yeah. Whereas it's kind of a running gag in this game. <laughs> yes. Um, which kind of leads me to my favorite section of this game, one of my favorite just sections in an RPG, which is Booster's Tower. <laughs> Booster's so, Tower's excellence. You run a, so you're just you're going through, you're fighting Mario enemies, you're fighting some new enemies, whatever, you're having a good time, and then suddenly you come to this area and you're running across Mario 2 enemies, like it's suddenly Shy Guys and Sniffets, you're like, what, what's going on here? Because the game has been really clearly not about that for, like, the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. And you go into this area that is controlled by this guy who's like a fake Bowser, but he's actually a fake Wario. Didn't get that IP. Can't use Wario. But we just made fake Wario, who is this, like, weird eighth-generation rich guy who owns his own, like, giant tower that's also an amusement park casino. <laughs> yep. And he just, he just lives there Howard Hughes-like, and he was fine just living his life until Peach, when the sword fell to the castle, was thrown onto his doorstep, and he doesn't know what to do with this crying lady, but he thinks she's nice and wants to take care of her, and so he's decided that, w the Sniffets have decided with him that the thing he's going to do is throw a big party, and the only party he knows about is weddings, uh, so if he marries her, maybe she'll be happy, because girls like weddings. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. No consulting with Peach. Uh, but that's what he's going to do. Um, and so you storm his tower and his tower is weird. He's like, he rides into areas to mock you on like a train that he, that is like a big, like, you know, rideable train that's throughout the area. Uh, there's one bit where he throws bombs down at Mario, but there's like literally a safety screen Mario can go behind to avoid the explosions. <laughs> yep. Um, his tower is just like a bunch of like weird non sequiturs. Like there's a whole sequence where you go behind a curtain and you just come out as 2D Mario for a little bit. And then when you go to leave the area, it like does the countdown timer and like fake kills 2D Mario with like the full sprite animation, whatever weirdo. You get to the top. Uh, there's a great charades or, or not like a, like a hide and seek thing where Mario is hiding behind a curtain so he doesn't get discovered as Booster and the Sniffets are looking for the Mario statue. And the Sniffets desperately tr like are looking behind the curtains that you're hiding behind and you're moving to not be seen. And the very end, Booster comes in and cover uncovers you, but you're standing right underneath the Mario doll and he's like, oh, I found it. And you help him and he's like, thanks, bud, and just walks away. <laughs> there's no fight there. Um, which leads to him kidnapping Peach, taking her to the chapel, getting married. Um, and his perception of a wedding is you go to the chapel and then you eat a cake and then you go home. 
which means that you know he he orchestrates all this you you barge in trying to save the day mario odyssey style break up the wedding but the wedding never happens because what actually happens is the dry bones bring in the cake um and the cake itself is a monster you beat it up a little bit until booster comes in hungry eats the cake declares the party success and walks home <laughs> doesn't give a shit <laughs> yep king i love booster Booster's <laughs> so fucking goofy <laughs> Uh, he's good as hell. It, yeah. The the like explicitness of the wedding stuff just made me annoyed about Mario Odyssey again. Which yes. is like also a game about that, but it, like plays it all straight. Like no, Bowser really kidnapping Peach so they can be married and fuck. And I'm like, what are you doing? What's the fucking Mario game? Stop that. Knock it off. Yes. yes. Booster just like, oh, girls want weddings. I, I I'll figure out I'll read I'll I'll look up half of what a wedding is online once and then try <laughs> to do that. And the, the like slapstick of the sniffets, like, you know, you run up the hill trying to capture, like, catch uh, Booster as he's got Peach over his back and Peach is throwing you items. And then you burst into this chapel and, like, it's interrupted a toad wedding. He threw everyone out and they're just all sitting around, like, what the fuck happened? We were getting married today. <laughs> uh, and you barge in and, like, all of Peach's accessories have been missing and you got to grab them. And uh, there's a scene where Mario gets a kiss from someone and who he gets a kiss by, Final Fantasy VII style is determined by how long you took to deliver the items back to. <laughs> peach um, oh excellent uh who did you get in this scene uh, i got peach because the items are right there <laughs> okay so if you the much like who cloud goes on the date with the golden saucer uh if you do poorly it goes from peach gives you the kiss to bowser gives you the kiss to booster gives you the kiss to a booster and bowser both give you the kiss <laughs> which you Good. have to see the image of it's incredible <laughs> do it now uh Mario RPG Booster Bowser Kiss Google Image Search. Let's go. Yeah, Roll the dice. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. That's so fucking good. Yes. Um, and then when when that cutscene happens and it like cuts back to the in-game sprites, like they're literally all standing there as Peach is like walking off screen. She's like, "Well, time to go home, I guess." <laughs> uh, it's good. Um. Peach is also like really good in this game. It's weird because you get her like really late and you're like, oh, she's the healer. Cause Mallow has healing, but he's not, he's not as good at it as Peach is. Like he's got the like broad, he has the broad heal, right? He's the one with the broad heal. I finished the game like three weeks ago. So no, no, he has the same, he's got a single heal. Um, does he just have the single heal? I thought he, he had might, the group heal. No, Peach has the group heal. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Mallow ha- does healing, but he only has that single heal and, uh, Peach Mallow's has mainly magic. Yeah, Peach has the single heal, the group heal, and also the resurrect spell. You don't really need it if you played a video game before, but <laughs> she is like your dedicated healer. But also she just has like throws 800 fucking bombs. And also like she has like the frying pan weapon that she has in Smash Brothers. Like a lot of her move set comes from this game in a way that's weird and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like this is the only game where Peach, other than Smash Brothers, where Peach hits someone with a frying pan. I guess it is. I yes. guess that's where this came from. Yeah. It's just a weird pull considering they generally don't reference this stuff very often. Um, yeah. The, I assume they're a bit bitter about Super Mario RPG um, because like less than six months later, like they were not talking to each other for, for a year, for a decade. Yes, right? that's true. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, that makes sense. Like they were making this game as they were making Final Fantasy VII. They have to have yeah. been. Yeah. Um, just because... You know, it's less than a year. Seven is like January '97 in Japan. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So, like, let me check this that. That game's probably announced. Uh, 
Yeah, January 97 in Japan. So I don't know when the, like, break with the 64 happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that's close enough that I get why there are sore feelings about this game. And even to this day, they're still like, no, we'll give you some me costumes and Smash. That's it. But also, uh, Gino's boring. Let's be real. There was a I, Gino- you know, I say that as if there aren't three fucking Kid Icarus characters in Smash Brothers. So. Uh, I mean, Sakurai doesn't just like... Do you yeah, know, that's though? true. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I also think the Kid Icarus characters are boring, but I guess I accept the like the guy who makes them just happens to really think Kid Icarus is cool. I would, like he's wrong, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but then Gino's like in a cameo at the end of uh, I looked up it's in a cameo at the end of the fir- of Super Saga, um, just like in the credits, and they yeah. took that out of the 3DS version. Oh so, wow. <laughs> Which, the timeline there doesn't make sense. You assume they'd be, like, more willing now. Yeah. Um, so, no idea what's going on with all of that. That's weird. Weird stuff all around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any other good bits you want to shout out? I, I love the Axum Rangers. They, they are in such a small amount of this game, but they uh, lasting memory of them from being a child. Like, was, weird Power Rangers show up for no good reason. <laughs> I was about to mention the Axum Rangers, so I'm glad you did good um because I was, I was like yes hell yes uh i guess they i guess this game's pretty late snes so yes power rangers is out by then yeah uh, it's already like a cultural phenomenon in, in america so yeah. like, they can make that joke yes uh but also they, they they're in the game for like literally five minutes <laughs> they're like one boss fight yeah it's really weird how like they're just a throwaway gag um but most of the good things are right like it's just it's yeah, just a bunch of gags true. it's what the game is um yeah it's just it's interesting because like they come at the end of another boss fight they show up they steal a star you fight a boss of all of them in like their big giant airship that's also a fake megazord and then that's it <laughs> there's like no context they just come and go it's it's just weird because like they have a big impression like you know balome and the fucking crocodile who steals shit both get two boss fights and like characterization <laughs> That's true. That's true. These guys do not. They are literally just like a boss fight sequence. Yeah. Um, Balome is like, what if a Pokemon was fucked up and he gets like a whole temple devoted to it? Yeah, but the 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 evidence on Balome is weird. I I assume that just must have been like weird uh, priorities of development, right? Like the stuff that is in the early game usually comes back a couple times, but any like uh, late game things really just gets one kind of not even half ass, right? But like they they put the money at the start of the game. Uh in a way that is, I don't think, obvious. Like, the Final Dungeon's really good. It doesn't, like, fall apart. But it's clearly an expensive game. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which, I, I know the, like, perception of what it means to have an unfinished RPG is, like, wildly different in 2020. Because yeah. of, like, 25 years of this increasing to exponential degrees. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what, what are the other, like, good good bits i mean i love all the tadpoles obviously because they're all tadpoles yeah frog fuchsias in general is pretty funny um could have yeah. gone real bad with a character named frog fuchsias but they did not nope um i i like the creepy like mind-controlled toad town i think that's all really good yes you go in something immediately is off because the toads are just uh too weird like the part where they made the toads too weird by making them act like toads will act in every future mario game <laughs> is really funny in retrospect <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this game's this game's weird. Yeah, the game's weird. Um, but I think I think I mostly covered everything. No? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and 
you know, not playing it as a Mario fan in the 90s uh, as a child, it doesn't like blow me away in a huge way. IGN.com. And then the other side of that that we also meant to just like, like, you cannot, you just can't do Earthbound better than Earthbound when it comes to like chill vibing RPGs. Yeah. Though for me, going back to this was very much like, oh, right. I just like JRPGs. I just don't like the, like, the era in which everyone talks about these days. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so that's the other thing that, that I kind of came away from the game of is like this game is an attempt to like make JRPGs for babies, right? Yeah. Um, and I came away feeling like okay, so going forward, a lot of this stuff be carried forward, and like games are made today to be played by a wider audience, and so the the concept of the JRPG, uh, at least as like developed by like you know Square or someone, and not like a not like a team explicitly building a jrpg for fucking nerds uh those like final fantasy remake is an accessible game you can play that you can beat it without knowing anything about rpg mechanics but the way that expresses itself is so different to here because in modern games they simp in modern games they simplify the like core system but then add a bunch of fucking bullshit rpg systems on top of it that don't matter because they have to be optional but they have to be complex enough to support 100 hours of grinding uh, whereas this game is like all of its refinements are like in the thing that matters, right? They're in the like battle, they're in the things you are doing, they're in the like core ideas of what a battle is in a JRPG. They're like refining the elemental stuff, uh, simplifying, um, you know, uh, what's the word? What's the word for boosts? There's a word for that. I don't know. Um, I've forgotten all words, but simplifying like the, uh, the boosts like just a, a single boost that gives you a plus attack and defense you don't have to like worry about different buffs and nerfs um and it is just weird the way that modern games will like also simplify but just different bits like instead modern games will make it so that, like it's easy and if you press the square button enough you win but there's a billion types of buff and nerf and like things you can grind and uh l- like you could also level up your your weapons now independently of your leveling up yourself and so um it is just kind of sad to see that, like, back in the day, the way of making things for a wider audience was to have as few numbers as possible, and now it's like, no, we need to make the game simple, but the numbers complicated. <laughs> and uh, that's because every game is numbers now. Numbers going yep. up is what all video numbers, games are. Numbers going up is what video games are, and it's just, it's just very strange to see that they made an RPG where that wasn't really true. Like, it is true. You do make the numbers go up, but every design decision is intentionally made to push back on that. Um, and just got sad about where video games are. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, like, going back to this was just, like, really pleasant. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, right, the game from my childhood is still good. Like, yeah, it's not Earthbound. It's not even Final Fantasy VI, but it's nice. It took, like, 17 hours. I had a great time. It's not very nope. difficult, um, and it's chill, and it reminded me that, like, I like Square games and I like Nintendo, just not the modern version of either <laughs> of those things. No, no. Um... I assume, I assume you like modern Nintendo more than modern Square. Um, but I don't actually know. I haven't. I, I haven't think I probably like it more, but I'm also more bitterly disappointed by how little imagination they seem to have, want to have. Mm-hmm. Like Square's a fuck up company, like just straight across the board. But <laughs> Nintendo just is so content to like put out the exact same game reskinned over and over again. <laughs> like the the part where the new Paper Mario your weapon upgrades degrade over time. They just have durability. Uh, if you get new shoes, they only last so long and then you got to get new, new shoes. What? Yes. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Are you kidding me? No. Are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> 
blow that company up fire yeah. everyone Every Nintendo game is just like based off the same, like someone put up on a whiteboard. These are the six games, six points every video game has to have now. And they've just been making that game over and over again. It's just strange because like Breath of the Wild is, I, I haven't played it, but uh, you describing Breath I love of the Wild that, to game. Me, that game sounds incredible. But the, the context of Breath of the Wild is it took them fucking 17 years, or I guess, no, uh, 19 years to make it, to make an actual new Zelda that people loved. Yeah. Like, and uh, even that's like, it works because it was so radically different than a genre, like a type of Zelda game that had really burnt out what, like to me, I had no interest in a 3D Zelda anymore. Like I'm fucking dead to me. Like fuck off. I hated it. Like last three of those. I'm like, mm, I don't know anymore. Um, and so Breath of the Wild being so different is like really interesting to me, but then immediately pivoting to, and now every game kind of has the Breath of the Wild elements in them. Right. Uh, intolerable. You, uh, people are going to be sick of Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild 2 is out. Uh, right. And like 3D Land as well, right? Incredible game. Yeah. Um, also, uh, like 16 years since 64 and the games after 64 were diminishing returns. Uh, like Nintendo can make like just the most incredible shit because they have all the money and they can uh, iterate on things forever. But they, yeah, you're right. They are absolutely content to do that once occasionally just to remind you they could be incredible and then put out the same very conservative game uh, 80 times in a row. Yeah. Everything Gone. is crafting and item degradation and everything has the exact same weird Fonts. semi-transparent UI. <laughs> yes. They've got the same font. Mario Tennis has the same font as the Zelda game. What is up with this? Yeah. Switch is weird now. Nintendo's in a weird place, and it it just feels like uh, safe and and old fashioned in a way that like I, I think J Nintendo can do better. Um, Square's got such different problems of like <laughs> clearly being mismanaged being by yeah by con men who were continue to get their games greenlit. Um, the the part where they tried to make a movie in Hawaii without uh like you know, even bothering to get the tax incentive like morons. Yes. Uh, and then since then have really just been doing variants on that for the last 20 years with yeah. no real change. They cancelled can a game that had been out for a year. They can't two years, please, two years. Two years. for questions if you have questions about any video game ever send them to us podcast at normalmapping.com they don't have to be at our game club it's nice when they are they really don't have to be uh, i have a question first... about kingdom hearts 3 uh, yes <laughs> where do right i send ahead. this where do i send this uh, it's podcast at normalmapping.com but you can just tell right. me right now you're special i oh you put me on the spot i was making a bit about how much i talk about kingdom hearts owned 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 <laughs> turn it around on me um, anyway, we have our first question from Nick. Uh, do either of you have any strong opinions on Deus Ex? I think the answer is no. <laughs> Unfortunately, you may send us questions on any video game ever, but we haven't played all of them. <laughs> I've played about four hours of both Deus Ex and Deus Ex Human Revolution. That's the first new one, right? Um, did not feel compelled to go further on either, so that's my opinion on Deus Ex. 
my opinion on Deus Ex is that when I went into the CEX as a child, they were they were playing the um, uh, intro movie to Deus Ex Invisible War on a loop. And um, the intro movie to Deus Ex Invisible War is like a guy detonates this like weird goo bomb and it like emits a purple gas that immediately hardens. And so this like spreads out around Chicago and it's just like killing everyone it touches because you have to outrun it or you will become like crested as well and the 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 video is like following the scientist just running away from this just unknowable liquid mass uh, up the skyscraper and i was very young and it fucking terrified me and that's what i remember when i think of this x okay i don't have anything to say to that <laughs> uh, just an anecdote sometimes you get anecdotes <laughs> If you could take out or put in one feature in a Final Fantasy game to make it better, what would you do? What game would you do it for, and what would you change? Oh, take out and put in. Yeah, take out or uh, put in. What's the feature? I don't know, like take out uh, take out the part where Final Fantasy IX runs slow. <laughs> right, yeah, like t- take out the part where Final Fantasy IX uh, takes 20 seconds to load every battle, put in the part where it doesn't do that. <laughs> um, Let's just do all the games we've covered. What would you change about Final Fantasy IV? Take out or put um, in a feature. I just take it, I would put in a speed up button. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. But um, I mean, it still moves pretty fast. It's Final Four. Yeah, no, uh, just just for the last dungeon. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It just activates at the last dungeon. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, uh, Final Fantasy Six. Take out Gal. Put in an end game. What if, <laughs> yes, what if the, the game had a plot in the second half? <laughs> yeah, take out Gal. Put in an end game. That one's that one's that one's just built into our criticism. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, okay. What would I take out of Final Fantasy VII? Um, I think I'd just pay for a new localization and call it good. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the easy answer. I feel like having played them so recently, I should have a better one. Um, uh, I would take out all of the chocobo raising stuff, get rid of it, I don't give a shit, uh, and um, put in... Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what it needs. I don't know. More I don't Yuffie. Really, More Yuffie. What? More Yuffie, yeah. Put in put in Yuffie and uh, Vincent in the final cutscene. What if you just so, take out Vincent entirely and just give us more Yuffie? That much more oh, Yuffie. Oh, yeah. Yes, p- put... Make, yes, okay, that's it. I Take it back. Uh, take out... If we, if we ask, if I can remove more than one thing, uh, remove Vincent and put in... Make Yuffie a main character and expand Wutai. Yeah. Eight, that's your baby. Oh, yeah. What would I take in or put out? Um... Ooh. I think I'd want Fujin and Raijin to be more fleshed out characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kiros and Ward, honestly. If I could get a couple more Laguna like flashback scenes, that'd be pretty good. Oh, that would be my answer, is that I, I want the original design of 8 where the two parties are pretty balanced. Yeah, that'd be uh, wild. I don't know what that would look like. I assume the story was radically different at the point they were doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see what that looks like. That's my 8 wish. 10. Um. Oh God. What did it change about? T- I mean, ten. Take out the. Uh, I like the voice acting, but the pace of cut. Like when I say take out voice acting, I don't mean because the voice acting is bad. I mean speed up the way you button through text to make it more like a traditional RPG because the pace of cutscenes is awkward. Um, I would just take out the cloisters of trials. Fucking garbage across the board. Oh God, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about the bit where you're like lining up which direction you're facing and go. God, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. 
10-2, I would just make that game not like impossibly fiddly. Uh, I think if I was to like, if I was at Square Enix and they're like, "Hey, you're in charge of a new HD port of 10-2," I would be like, "Okay, we have to put in like a version of 10-2 that's like you will just see the good ending and all that. You will get the story yes. stuff." Like, yeah. I think if they if they could. Keep all the bullshit there because I think the framing of it being episodic and weird is helpful. But just make I, I would it also so- put I, it also needs a feature to tell you when you've exhausted an area for the yes. chapter. Yeah, because I th- I think all it really needs is just like surfacing of what is missable, what isn't missable, and what you need to do in what order. And if yeah. they can just like point you through that like a normal quest log, it'd be fine. And then maybe turn down the true ending requirement from one hundred percent to sixty percent. Yeah, uh, twelve. Uh, the story and take out the story. What if? You, what if you, I mean, I would put in a story, I guess, <laughs> and then I would put in a different one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my actual twelve months if it's about mechanics is I would add in multiple more like complexities to the gambit system. Yes, need way more conditional gambits. Uh, and also, I need like a carriage swap between like three sets of gambits on the fly. Yes, I need you to like bring Final Fantasy Thirteen to the twelve battle system, yeah. and then make the fights way harder because now that you're automating so much, you can like account for it. Yeah, but like I definitely need uh, the ability to have on my like run around gambit and then swap to my boss gambit at a moment's notice. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Thirteen. Uh, well, I mean, I'd fix random battles in the game. It's my really my main complaint. Uh, if we can't I'm, just have towns, you mean just take them out. Take him. That's one option. I I think. Yeah, I guess so. Because that's also just a puzzle boss game. Yeah, like you. All you really need is like a fight one. Uh, like all, if you can demonstrate that you know the solution to a configuration of enemies, remove that configuration of enemies to the game. Like once you five star a mob group, that mob group doesn't exist anymore. That's that's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would make that game so much easier than fucking fighting the same enemies eight hundred times. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. How much money would you spend on a VR Gundam game where you pilot a mobile suit? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. No VR. Uh, <laughs> not interested. No, I not don't interested, think not a... interested in VR. Not interested in a Gundam game. So uh, I mean, I'd love a good Gundam game, but I, I don't think there's a pitch anyone could make that would be like, yes. "I'm going to spend VR. I'm going to spend VR money now." First of all, because I don't have VR money and never will. Um, yes. But even if I did, I just don't think there's anything anyone could say to convince me to get VR. Yeah, just don't care. Um. Zach, a uh, very fine cat on our Discord, uh, just sent an email with that link to the Legend of Localization article. Thank, Thank you. you for sending that in. Um, just wanted to give them a shout out since I actually have their name up here. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, let's see. Um, this month's been so well. I got to spend the last three days playing Super Mario RPG. Um, it's good hot take i know but it's true i like how the battle menus map to the face buttons and you only have to press like one button for each action um what i didn't like was the shared mana pool and platforming uh platforming is a huge bother from the isometric perspective it's hard to tell where platforms are yeah you know what i don't necessarily disagree um i don't think the shared mana pool is bad actually it does kind of funnel you into only having a healer and two uh, melee characters but it's fine Yep. I, uh, I don't mind the Shepard Manipul either. Yeah. Um, story is great. Gave a lot of fodder to my belief that Mario and Bowser used to date. I mean, this is the, the game that made me have a crush on Bowser that continues to this day, so, you know. Uh, it's Bowser rules. Yeah. Finally, Bowser's right about how Geno's Star Road explanation makes no sense. A lot about Geno and Star Road <laughs> don't make any sense. Don't worry about it. 
the the good wishes it grants the good wishes what if i wish for the bad wish ah oh, no it doesn't work like that ah oh, don't worry about it i'm going i'm going now my home planet needs me what is kingdom hearts <laughs> what is kingdom hearts i'm watching a tv series that also has this problem after this i'm gonna go read a normal book uh, we have a question from Nick. Uh, there was also just like done with Dylan also sent this exact same question. If you could choose one non JRPG franchise to have a spin off JRPG spinoff developed by 1996 Square, which one would it be? Developed by 1996 Square. Now that is a hmm. That makes it. But the the franchise doesn't have to exist in the 90s, right? So I can no, say I'm going to say no. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Uh, oh, Bayonetta is a good option. God, um, that is a good option. Uh, I would love a Bayonetta JRPG, especially especially if it's ninety six square, so you like can't do like weird three D horny stuff. It has yeah. to all be pantomime. Yeah, I'm going Bayonetta. Okay, it's good. It's a pretty good answer. I don't I don't dislike that answer at all. Hmm, what would my answer be? Um, dirty pair. Daddy Pair would be pretty fucking good. <laughs> yes. Daddy Pair would be pretty good. Oh, yeah. No one can make a Daddy Pair game now. There was a specific window where someone could have killed that. And, and it it's, doesn't it's exist. Between, it's between 1993 and 1999, and that's it. The door closes. It. Door slam. <laughs> you can't do it. Oh, God. I want a Daddy Pair JRPG now. But yeah, no, that, can't, that cannot be done now. It is impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jad writes in with some questions, uh, has not played the game, so here we go. Have you enjoyed the episode? <laughs> yeah. What distinguishes Super Mario RPG from Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi series? Is there anything the other, this game does that you wish those other games did? Well, have, uh, experience points in Paper Mario's instance. <laughs> um, be short in Mario and Luigi's instance, because Mario and Luigi games got to be like 40 hours long and who, I don't have time for that. How the fuck did that happen? Like, who wants to spend 40 hours playing Dream Team? Yeah, nobody. Is the answer no, because nobody. they stopped making those games. That's true. They they that studio doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, because they made their remaster on the 3DS in 2018. Yes. Um, should Gino be a playable character in Smash Bros? Why do you think Gino is endured in the memories of fans? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I literally no don't idea. know. Because the thing is, the thing that I realized was that like. I guess you think Gino's cool because he's like the cool warrior guy, but he doesn't even ha- he doesn't even do that though. He does, but like that's his archetype, right? But yeah. compared to like every other Square game, like this is the thing they do all the time. Like Frog exists in Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah and Frog's can... way cooler. Yeah, Frog is way cooler. Shadow's way cooler. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Dia yeah, yeah. sent me a nightmare that's just like <laughs> 7,000 upside down smiley face emojis with questions in between. If I had, if I was going to be murdered, I would expect to get a letter like this before I was murdered. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Dia. Yeah. There's questions in here, though. Why can't I ever do time to tax right? Because you're not playing on a Super Nintendo, was the answer. Yeah, no CRT. Also, also because you're not 12, you're in your late 30s. <laughs> Um, is Mario a Tradcath? No. Is Luigi? No. Okay. It's bold. I would say Mario is, but Luigi's not. Mario is more of a Tradcath. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just don't see it. I, I just, I just think he's too uh, uh, self-obsessed for it to be a Tradcath. Would not to say that you know Tradcath aren't, but just different vibe. 
What is Peach's favorite pizza topping? Hmm. What is Peach's favorite pizza topping? I don't know. Um, I assume just like something simple. Um, just some mozzarella, I guess. Mushrooms. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Um, what do you, you don't like pizza, right? What I if you have if you have to eat a pizza, what do you want on it? I was awfully avoiding that question, so I didn't have to reveal to the world that I don't really like pizza that much. I don't really like pizza that much either because I'm in my thirties now. <laughs> it's not really a thing. Like, yes, I would also just have something simple, I guess. Like, I guess pepperoni's okay. Um, uh, I like a veggie-laden pizza if I can get it. If I can get some uh, garlic and peppers and mushrooms, uh, goat's cheese on there, too. Shit. Uh, mm -hmm. Fuck me up. I want, I want something like that. Uh, don't do olives on a pizza. Love olives. Don't want them on a pizza. Mm -hmm. um, pineapple, I'm ambivalent about. Like, if you give me a Hawaiian pizza, I'll eat it. I don't... I, I, think, the, I think the cultural uh, argument over pineapple pizza is like fucking pirates versus ninjas for the modern era. I hate it so much. <laughs> it really is, though. Yeah. Um... The thing is, I don't associate Mario and Luigi with, like, pizza, because um, that's a Ninja Turtle food, and Mario and Luigi, I don't associate Mario and Luigi with, like, Italian food anyway, which pizza's, like, nebulously Italian food at this point, culturally, but um, it's weird. I mean, if, if they're going to be having Italian food, they're having, like, meatball subs, right? Meatball subs? I Meatball subs? Well, I, I see. I mean that in like a, they're working. They've picked up a sub. They're just eating it and they're going back on the job. The thing is, in the world in which Mario and Luigi are like workaday plumbers, they're eating like a fucking Reuben. Like they're okay. going to like a nice deli and getting just some like good old deli I, food. They're I not eating like Italian. The most... They're not eating their fucking like spaghetti out of containers while they're <laughs> sitting at the job site. I just went to the most fucking just like what's the thing that's like quick you buy from like any shop and and is Italian. That's what I went for. Yeah. Um, God, I figured you'd get like a nice, like Italian meat, like cut meat combo and not just like a meatball sub. I, no, I, I, think, of, I think of a meatball sub is like extremely like the chicken tenders of a sandwich shop. <laughs> yep. It's Mario and Luigi. He doesn't think he wants a meatball sub. He goes, I guess Luigi, Luigi, has Luigi definitely has a boutique order. Are you kidding me? He's also like allergic to mayonnaise for some reason. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Dia has a final question. Um, it is inappropriate, but I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask it anyway, because Dia uh, is a good friend and I will do what she tells me to do. Is Bowser uncut? The fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. This is, this, this is an explicit podcast. Um, I, the thing is that Bowser is a turtle man, um, and turtle men have weirdly bizarre sex organs, um, because animals are fucked up. Uh, I've seen some turtle men on Twitter. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair I thought Bowser was a dog for years. Wait, really? Yes. Why? Because I, I, I didn't play much Mario, so I just like saw the shape of him and thought it was like a dog. I, oh, don't ask weird. me. I know he, he's he does kind of have a dog face. Like that's that makes sense. Um, 
Because if, yeah, if, if you ever look at like the way Bowser is like drawn and like constructed as a character, it's just weird. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's got like a weird dog mouth, um, but he's got a turtle body, but also he's like a dragon. It's just fucked up. Yeah, because I thought of Bowser as like Bowser, it took me a while to like draw a connection between the shell and turtles because nothing about him looks like a turtle otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his face looks like a dog face. That's how I got there. Uh but he is he is a turtle. I I see that now. But I did as a child think Bowser was a dog. Yeah. Uh, we got some questions from uh Space Lancer Jericho. I think that's SLJ in the uh Discord, I assume. I didn't know that's what that stood for. It's very funny. Um But were you aware of the secret boss going in? I I've played this game before. Uh Jackson, I assume I know was not because you were like, nope. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Because I lost my mind as uh, Final Fantasy IV music played. Ruled. Uh, was there anything in the game that really went fully countered your expectations or memories? For me, no, not really. I kind of remembered most of this game. I played it a couple times as a kid, so. And I haven't played it, but I had, like, you know, it was exactly what I expected from how it had been described. Okay. Uh, it's not really, like, a surprising game. Like, everyone's like, it's an IPG for babies that has all the Mario personality. And yep, true. Yeah. All true. Um, then we answer the other question. Thank you for writing in. Uh, we got one from DK Mode. Um, DK. Really impressed with the game. Square marrying the two things. Also, more JRPGs should be 20 hours or less. Absolutely. God, I'd play so many more of them if they were did this long. Are you kidding me? Please. Please, I'm um, begging you. <laughs> if you've played other RPGs, where does this one rank amongst them? Hmm. I mean, I've only played Paper Mario, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's probably better. So yeah, it's I, it's overall better. Although Penguin Murder Mystery wins, <laughs> there is nothing as good as Penguin Murder Mystery in this game. Yeah, um, but I think the combat in Mario RPG is better because Square understand how to balance that more than um, Nintendo do. Yeah, um, like the good dungeons in Paper Mario are when they stop trying to be an RPG and start making Zelda dungeons. Yes. Because they don't know what an RPG is. Uh, whereas, yeah, I'm going Super Mario RPG. Um, you go through that entire. You go to the other dimension and fight Smithy and go through a weird factory that then Toad shows up in. He's like, "Oh, hey, I climbed up here," and I'm like, "I know what it takes to get here. I've just been through." It. No, you didn't. <laughs> that Toad grew up to be Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> You, you climbed up here, went into the sword, climbed through the sword, <laughs> fought through the factory to give us some items. Yeah. Um, my ranking of Mario RPGs, I think, uh, Bowser's Inside Story is number one. I think this would probably be number two. Uh, then Superstar Saga, um, then Paper Mario, then Partners in Time. That I don't know sense. if I count Super Paper Mario because it's so not an RPG, really. Mm-hmm. Partners in Time is a really bad game. Just laborious puzzles and every fight takes too long and... That's on the GBA, right? They made a second no, GBA. No, that, that is a DS one. Oh, they made that's the one they made before Bowser's Inside Story. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because the whole gimmick is uh, A and B control Mario and Luigi, and X and Y control Baby Mario and Baby Luigi. Oh, that's copyrighted now. <laughs> God damn it! Um, second question here is why is everyone like Gino? Again, we don't know. Please, we don't, we, someone we write in for next episode. Know. If you think Gino is cool, like cooler than Malo, please write in, and I, I won't even give you shit. I just want to know. I need someone to answer this for me. Yep. Um, is Johnny the most charming pirate in a video game? I love that guy. Name me four other pirates in any video game. Um, the cast of Skies of Arcadia. 
Okay, I guess the cast of Monkey Island. That's it. Yeah. I feel like uh, pirates are not really big in games. Dylan wrote in as we were recording seven minutes ago in Under the Wire. Um, I misremembered their question about uh, properties turned into RPGs. They specifically want to know any 80s or 90s game series gets a turn-based RPG spinoff. All right, so it was the thing I thought it wasn't. Yep. 80s and 90s. I mean, the Castlevania RPG, right? Like, <laughs> this is this is what Dylan answered. <laughs> it's, so. it, I mean, actually, I think a Mega Man one would be better, but I guess they do. They have that exists. I can play Battle Network at some point. Uh, Dylan um, also says Kirby. Uh, like Castlevania feels like could be very straightforward and fun answer, but I also lean towards Kirby. Square Enix made a Kirby RPG. It's called Brave Friends of Musashi. Dylan, you played that game. Uh, Kirby's already a JRPG. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, in like narrative development. Oh, I mean that's true, but like, put numbers on it. <laughs> You can make a Kirby JRPG right now. It'd be amazing. People would yeah. go nuts for it. It'd be great. I mean, so just, I don't I don't know if any company could make the Kirby RPG I want now, but yeah, someone <laughs> should have made a Kirby RPG in like the Super Nintendo era. Or you like, could still on, make it now. Yeah. I, d- uh, I just don't know who I'd... Who would have the best shot of making the... Because we all know in our heads exactly what the good Kirby JRPG is, right? It exists in everyone's mind right now. It's obvious. Who could do it? Like right now? Like right now. Oh, I don't know if there's anyone who could do it now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Nintendo is the obvious answer, but like, yeah, they'd find some way to fuck it up, make it not what you want. Um, just gonna give uh, Yacht Club a crash course in designing RPGs, and then they can do it just because it'll look good. God, yes. <laughs> so like you, you play JRPGs now. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll know how to do that. It'll be fine. Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> uh super mario rpg and to a greater extent paper mario both have low numbers associated with stats do you prefer a large numbers or small numbers in your jrpgs uh i mean i think they're good for different purposes but i am on the record as being more pro large numbers than you i am extremely pro small numbers because um, i get it i understand sometimes you want the intentionality of one is like v- categorically different from five yeah uh, it's like wow that the Yes, I'm doing five now. This weapon's awesome. Uh, and like playing Dragon Quest 1 is extremely that. When I went back yeah. to Dragon Quest 1, I was like, oh, right, the numbers just... Why would you have numbers that weren't important? But at the same time, when I do like 80... Th- like, you know, when I do 800% damage in Final Fantasy thirteen, and I'm doing five digits in level three, that's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty fucking cool. You know when game does both these things? Final Fantasy ten. Final Fantasy X 2, specifically. That's, that's true. You start that game doing, like, five against yes. enemies. <laughs> yep. But yes, the 10's got this right. You start off small, and you feel those increases, and by the end, you're just doing, like, God's amount of damage to enemies, like, 800 times in a row. I, 10, because I don't know if this is true of the PS1 games. I assume I assume 10's the first part where this happens, but 10 having, like, a 9999 limit, and then revealing you can break that... God, um, that's cool. There are moves in Final Fantasy VIII that will break the limit. Okay. Like, Quistus can do it with uh, Shockwave Pulsar, specifically. Okay, of course you can. I think I think, I think, think Squall's final limit break can also maybe do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wild to see that five-digit number, you're like, fuck! <laughs> like, it's just like all of reality has been broken. <laughs> yes. So what if you get a game where you get that five times as the numbers start in the single digits and break into twos, break into threes, break into fours, finally at the very end, break into fives? 
Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. Yeah, because in, in 13, it's cool, but it's like cool in the same like aesthetic way each time as all the numbers pop off. Yeah. But it, there's no real... Because it's all puzzles, there's no real difference between doing 20 and doing 200. There's also like a fundamental difference between a game where you hit the enemy and it shows 22,000, and you hit the enemy and it shows 20, but like 18 of them all at once. Yes. I really like the one that shows 18 20s all at once. Uh, I do love that. Yeah. Let's get into the like science of how to display numbers popping out of enemies. This is what yes. matters in video games. God. Um, that's it. That's all of our questions. Thank can you, I, Dylan, for getting in under the wire. Can I... Um, I want to re-release and mod the Metal Gear games to have numbers popping out of enemies. God, no, yes. other ch- no other changes. Everything I, else identical. Snake, uh, Snake doing his like punch-punch kick, but it's like 3-3-6. Three, three, <laughs> Yes, right at the, at the end of the liquid thing, gone. Yes, <laughs> and then the like whole uh, across the ground escape sequence is just nothing but numbers as you shoot the machine. <laughs> Make it happen. Let me do this. Yeah, Kojima's like, no, you've ruined my vision. This doesn't retract the reality of warfare. Actually, I'm only going to put it in four because you have the goggles there. You're walking up to the sorrow and just a zero over his head the entire time. <laughs> this is what games are about. Yeah, absolutely. So just the one thing to make every Metal Gear game better is put numbers on it. <laughs> put numbers on, yeah, put damage numbers on them. Yeah. Uh, what game wouldn't be improved with damage numbers? Ooh, um, I assume like Silent Hill or something, you know, pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're Bit not of wrong. a boring answer, but I... Yeah. PT. <laughs> PT would be improved with damage numbers. <laughs> Maybe it had him. No, you don't do any damage in that game. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I guess that's true. Right. That's it. We're done. Thank you, everyone. Next month, we will be back with Metroid Prime. Yes. This will be a Patreon episode. I think we're going to have a guest for that. Uh, all things holding up. There, you know, There's some extenuating circumstances of the world being how it is, but that's the plan right now. Um, you can get that. <laughs> On your GameCube, on your Wii, or on your uh, 3D, or sorry, Wii U eShop, or, you know, Dolphin, obviously. That's so it. That, there were rumors, like, they were pretty, like, looking good that it was going to be dropping the Metroid trilogy for Switch soon, but then basically Nintendo went radio silent the second all this hits. Yeah. And no, nothing, just nothing, there's no games. Nintendo gives you no games. No games. Switch has no games. The Switch has no games, the PS5 has no games, and the Xbox Series X has no games, we're free. But we're really looking forward to that. I think Metroid Prime's a great game. Can't wait for Jackson to play it. I'm um, so excited. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be playing it on my Wii U. Not ideal, because um, I don't like the change to the graphics that they did over the GameCube version, but it's fine. Jackson won't know. So. I won't know, and also I know the Dolphin version, like because of how weird the graphics, like, yes. like no look, the like, way textures work on the... the, the you, emulating that's not the best choice so i will also yeah. be playing on wii u yep. uh right. so look forward to that uh other than that it's plug zone jackson oh you can find me at headfuls off on twitter.com you can find the podcast that me and m do at abnormalmapping.com. there's a whole bunch of cool ones there we were also are recently on no cartridge uh which we did that did we do that we did that at the start of the episode or was that last podcast no we did th- oh yeah we did that at the start of the episode Damn, it's been so long talking about video games. Uh, well, go to normalmapping.com. Bunch of cool podcasts there. We got them. Go check them out. You couldn't shout out a single one. I don't rep screenings. It's a movie podcast. 
What you can find me? me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Of course, if you'd like to support us and all the work we do, you can do that at patreon.com slash normal mapping. One dollar gets you the great Gundam project where, you know, we talk about Gundam every week. Ten dollars. I know it's a little more. It's a lot. Uh, gets you VoIP life where Jackson talks about Kingdom Hearts for five minutes every episode, basically. <laughs> um, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts yet and we're recording that tomorrow and it's the first two we weeks might record have... that tomorrow. I don't know. That might, that might end up be, that might be a little late. We'll see how it goes. I oh, don't know right, if I have yes. Void life in me. I'm uh, I'm suffering medical maladies today <laughs> in this weekend. The, so the world brought sickness upon you, so I could play more Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but yeah, look forward to that. They usually, we talk, talk about games on that one a lot, actually. So you know, if you're, if you're interested in really supporting the network, we appreciate it. Also on our network, again, I would like to shout out Journal Updated, which is a game club podcast with our friends Nora and Molly, uh, doing video games. They're working on their Mass Effect 2 episode, which will probably be out, I assume, the week after this would be my guess. I think. Uh, Journal Updated comes out on the first. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was on the first. So, yes, it'll be next week. Uh, look forward to that. Um, I can tell you right now, they fucking hate Mass Effect 2, and I'm glad that they do, because we don't have to do the episode where we talk about how much we fucking hate Mass Effect 2. <laughs> Uh, Mass Effect is a fucking bad. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Get gets the rubber stamp across the board. They're good friends, and I like the work they do. So please check them out. Um, <sighs> Enjoy uh, their takes on the genocide game. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, play some video games. Enjoy them. Uh, it's a good time to be playing. It's not. It's actually fucking sucks. Uh, but you know, there's probably some good games out there somewhere you might like maybe who can say go look for him goodbye maybe may never hey hey i was thinking about playing the playing the ps5 what do you what do you say to that what do you say to that never game cop